What's up, Danny? I'm excited to talk. I feel like we've had a couple burners in a row. Episode like bad wise. episodes? No, like no, like emotionally taxing ones. Oh, like, well, a lot this to is go through. Oh, good. good. I'm excited to get into it. Yeah. All right. Um, well, what do you got for us? This is uh, not well, a first, break. Real quick, yeah. how are you doing? Are you doing all right? You know, give us an emotional check in. Zero emo- to ten. What's going on? How you doing? Emotional check-in. I'm not going to quantify my emotions, but... Uh... <laughs> so a three. <laughs> um, it's... I just... There's like a lot. Pro- I'm processing a lot. I Like spiritually? Professionally? Yeah, professionally. I am working at an inner city high school. Uh, and I love it. I love my job. I love my students. Sure. But there has just like already been a lot of really sad things happen Mm. um like losing students like things like just like really like that sucks and is very painful so a lot of grieving and trauma a lot and it's just like it's a lot to carry all the time Mm. and so i just generally can get into kind of a dark place if i don't yeah and i'm sure for you you have to like carry it in like a you have to carry it with grace because the students right like you have to probably project a level of like I've got this together for the kids. Yeah, I, I want to be a, a spot of stability in their hmm. life, but it's like I feel pretty unstable. Sure. Um, and so it's processing hmm. that. How do you kind of put on a brave face a little bit, but also still be genuine? Uh, it's just like I mean, I was talking to someone at school today, and they were just like, "You kind of have to learn to compartmentalize," which is like real, but sad and weird i've never i've never been a compartmentalizer like yeah you're in a good way you like can mesh a lot of your life together right yeah i think that's good maybe i don't know uh but it's just and i think honestly it's brought up some deconstruction pain because if i feel like if i was in a place where my faith was very solid and knew exactly what i believed about god I could put it in a category easier. Hmm. Oh, this is a perfect segue. I didn't even mean to be. Um, but what were you going to say? No, I wasn't going to say anything. I was. Just, I love how unscripted this is. Yeah. In the sense of like, <laughs> you just talked yourself into excitement about a segue. <laughs> if you ever like, like, oh man, I bet they have a script. It's like, case in point. We don't like, have a script. <laughs> like, I think this is actually, these, we actually freaking just nailed this intro because it's a lot of pain and suffering to um, witness every day and like be a part of every day. Um, and if I was still in my old like faith, kind of, if I was still how, uh, if I was still believing how I used to believe before my deconstruction sure. journey, I could have, I think I could have compartmentalized it or at least given it a box so much easier Mm. i.e okay i don't think we've really talked about this on the podcast classic um there should be like a deconstruction zone drinking Drinking game game. (laughs) (laughs) it's just take a shot every time time we say we haven't talked about this emily laughs at her own joke (laughs) (laughs) um okay (laughs) so 
the problem of pain and suffering. Yeah. Like, that is a very apologetical idea. Like, why would a good God, why would a good, all-powerful God who exists allow pain and suffering? And there was always like, well, it's for a reason that we don't get. Sure. And when when I bought that hook, line, and sinker, I remember I remember I was like, I'm never gonna say that to someone. Like I'm never gonna be like, Well, you know, God's doing something, so don't no problem. But I was able to I really believed I was like, there is a freaking reason and so it's fine. Like Sure. There's a reason. God knows what he's doing. It's all going to end up for good. Count it all joy, you know, and it's all going to be fine. And I'm just totally not there. Yeah. And maybe that's a lack of like trust in God, but I think it's more complicated than that. Yeah. Can I ask you before I weigh in, like, where are you then? With God? No, just about like the, <laughs> the, I th- the problem of pain. Yeah. As C.S. Lewis would say, right? You quoted a book. <laughs> Thank you. You named a book. Named a book. That's two, <laughs> that's two shots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, well, I never read it. I saw it on my shelf. So. I've never read it. Um, no. So, like, if there's this issue, right? Like, and you're saying, like, initially, you were like, hey, like, God's got a plan. God's got it all together. Like, this may suck now. Like, so I'm just saying, where are you with pain yeah. now? So I'm, it's and not that I'm, all that. I believe, I believe that God can take crap and use it for good. Sure. But I think that that is very different than God planning horrible things for the sake of the good outcome mostly most of the time the outcome that's talked about is so that you trust him and love him more i think that guy sounds like an asshole a guy who would say here's some suffering so that you love me more i do not want to believe in a god like that yeah and so that is where i don't know how to interact with god in suffering because that's how i used to think about it Mm. Yeah. Is that so before no. we keep going, how did did you ever have that view or what is what was or is your take on pain and suffering? Yeah, I think I maybe did. Um in terms of like, well, the this war happened and it's gonna create like I don't know, like any sort of like suffering, mm-hmm. right? As I retrospectively think on it, because like I would be the person that would say like God is working all things for good. And um, I agree with that. I would say my framework would be not to be God caused it to then bring forth the good work. Mm -hmm. But I do think I've heard people say that. And I think that's a pretty, especially if you like really start to pull back the curtains a little bit, like it's pretty egocentric, right? So like if you're the person, like if you die. Yeah. So that God will make me come to faith in him. I think that's really interesting because that's only my per- like you didn't get to have any say in that and i'm the one that crafted it so like maybe it brought me to faith in jesus i think that's wonderful like that could be a thing but i think to say god did that to you for the sake of me is interesting i would also say i don't know that that's not a thing because 
like if the end goal is paradise and we believe that there's an afterlife of paradise, like you just got to get there faster than I did. Like, I think that's pretty wonderful. Yeah. But, but I do think like the idea that God is arbitrarily choosing to make people collateral damage for me is egocentric. That's what, so this, for some reason, as I've been processing this, the line that keeps coming back to me is a line that actually Mark Driscoll used a lot in the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast, yeah. which by the way, we need to talk about just yeah. separately. And um, Dustin and I already dipped a toe. We're ready to get into it with you at some point. It was intense. Oh, I know. Um, but he always says there's a pile of bodies behind the Mars Hill trash. Oh, jeez. I hate that line. Yeah. hate that line. But sometimes I feel like that's how we talk about God and faith and God's kingdom is that God is just, this is my freaking kingdom and this is my plan and I don't care who is collateral damage. Like yeah. I, I recently was at like a worship night thing and the guy was like, you know, sometimes God had people in the Bible go through really horrible stuff just so that we could learn from it. And I was like, no, God is not. We are not pawns in God's game to, like, get his thought across. God has a heart toward us. Yeah. And the idea that the Bible is simply a book that, like, God is preparing for 2022, right? That, yeah. That, like, hey, I'm going to do all these things to these people so that when Danny and Emily and whoever read it, like, then they will be trained. Like, all these bad things will happen yeah. for us. Again, that's pretty rough. I also think, like, this is a thing that I find to be hard about the mark driscoll kind of theology yeah is like he's essentially saying that it's like and his is different and so this maybe it's its own episode and conversation on its own but he's actually like, anyone that's not on vision with where i am is left behind he's not saying people that are hurt by the church he like are hurt like got like he was just like these are all people that were detractors from our vision yeah but i think that's what we believe about god in some ways too yes that like god is not just using the like I think about my grandpa, right? Like my grandpa passed away uh, cancer when I was eleven. Mm. Like we talk, like it was a big formative moment. It shaped a lot of my story. I think about that. Like people would be like, "But God used that." I think God could use that. But the difference in the lens is like he was an awful person that got smited to then use for my. That's a different idea than like he passed away and God used like a hard thing for good rather than God caused a bad thing. For only the sake of me. That's what. That's exactly it. And that's what I think is so difficult. And what we need to talk about more. With suffering. But it's like. I don't. Well let's bring it back to school real quick. If, okay, if you're okay. That's great. That. Like, that's right. Because like I wonder for you. Like how. Like you're you're in a secular environment. Mm -hmm. uh, may the Lord be with you. Um, and, and also with you. <laughs> uh how like because for you it's like Jesus matters to you is at the center of your life, but not at the center of what you're doing every day. Yeah, uh, it maybe is. That's maybe an unfair thing to say, but like you're not at the Christian school. You're not at a place where faith can really be talked about for good reason. Like, and so like for you, when you go home at night and your heart is heavy, where do you immediately go to, and when does your faith in Jesus intertwine to that? Like. So that is a phenomenal question, and I think that is where I'm struggling because I immediately go to God. Like, my my gut reaction – I'm not trying to, like, you know, gas myself up, but, like, my gut reaction really is, like, I cannot carry this alone. I need God to be with me. Sure. Like, I – and I, I believe – 
whole, like one thing that I love about Jesus is that he experienced our suffering. Mm. Like one of my favorite lines in the hymn, uh, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, is come to earth to taste our sadness. Like that, he came to do that. And so I I feel like I can run to God and and ask him to hold it. Or I feel like I used to be able to do that. But right now that's really hard because... I'm so like, why aren't you doing anything about it? Mm. Like that is really, and before I would have been like, you can't ask that question. Like just God has a plan. And it's just, I'm more willing to be really real about the fact that I'm pissed. Yeah. So as you being pissed and you wanting God to intervene and this, because I think this is actually the most, maybe most applicable question to our audience that we've ever had. Yeah. As like, do you think that negates God having a plan? Like, and as you, and I'm not presupposing either way, but like, can God have a plan and he still be pissed and hoping God will intervene? I, there's a different, how do I explain this? Like, I'm fine with God having a plan that's like, I'm trying to describe this. So I am not comfortable with a God who this is like something that he chose to be a part of his plan. All of this suffering. Yeah, so you're saying like you think that it is a part of God's plan. Yeah. And I think that's insane. Yeah. Hmm. But that's different than like God didn't decide that this would happen, but, like, can redeem and restore things. And which one are you saying you fall within? Sorry. I think I'm figuring that out. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Um, Yeah, I think that's the hard part about it, right? Like, I wrestle a lot with my own level of, like, frustration and pain and, and trauma on certain things. And why did this happen? And um, I don't know if you ever felt like this, but sometimes I feel like I'm just like constantly swimming up out of underwater. And it's like, when am I like going to get out of here? Right. Yeah. Like within like the pain of things that are like swirling around or the, the obligations or whatever. But I wonder like, and maybe this is just me being optimistic in the midst of that, like waiting for a gulp of air, but mm-hmm. it's like, where where does God lose power and sovereignty by having those things happen, but us like not believing God caused them to happen? You know what I mean? Like God, I like where I believe like God still has power to redeem things, even if God isn't actively causing them to happen. Yes. That's what I, that's where I would like to be. Yeah. And I think my brain is like, is getting there, but my natural inclination is like, like we were always taught like suffering is a gift. Yeah. And you take it and you love it because it's going to make your faith better. I mean, I remember I had a friend in youth group be like, I'm praying for God for suffering because I just want to love him more. Yeah. And I was like, and now you're seeing suffering as less of a gift because you're seeing it in other places. Seeing it also in so much quantity and density for teenagers to be handling that it's like, this is not okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a different thing. Like when you take it out of the the controlled petri dish of yes, what you were in. Not to say you didn't have no, a hard life, no. But like it's it's much harder. And I think that's where it's the rubber meets the road. And I think for those listening, it's like there's five people with really really tough professions like you, where you're seeing it on a regular basis. And that's the question that's before us is like, how do we see the goodness of God in an extremely broken and painful world? Yeah. And how do we trust God? Because is that part of your question? Is like, how do you trust a God? Where you seeing this happen? Kind of. It may or yeah. Like, do you not freaking care or love these people? Mm. And that's really, it's so easy to do when it's a brain when you're talking about it at apologetics camp. Yeah, it's it, sterile. Yeah, you freaking I've. I've read so many articles about the problem of pain and suffering and how to work through the logic. I could I could totally sell it to you right now if I wanted to. But that's not real life when you see this much suffering and you're just like, where is God? And I'm not saying that I am owed mm. all of God's reasoning, or at least I'm not trying to say that. But like... There, I just don't see any way that this could be worth it. Hmm. And maybe that, maybe that's that's the language issue, right? It's this. It's not that it's like God's like, eh, we're gonna do it, but it's worth it. It's more like this sucks, and yet God can like yeah. still bring good out of it. Well, part of your framework, I hear a little bit, is like everything is happening. If God is sovereign, everyone's predestined. There's the elect. Every moment is a chess piece in the eventual winning of those that were the chosen right do you think god planned every moment of the world and of life i don't so i'm not a predestination person so that's not really yeah so like sorry i think i actually was thinking about this today sure psalm 139 says um in your book is written every one of them the days which were formed for me when as yet there were none of them and when i first read that i took that as god literally formed each one of my days exactly how he wanted so that i will like be sanctified into like sure glorified emily in the image of god but now i don't really think that do you so do you think that i think i have a calendar that has every day of the year 2022 but i don't think the calendar knows everything that's going to happen on that day but that every day was written into that calendar Hmm. but every day is a blank slate that has been written into it right and so I think like God can know every day that's going to come, and and I've said I've said this a hundred times. Add to the drinking game, speculation and theology, yeah. right? Like, but I do think that like for me, I'm not a predestination person. I think God is omniscient, and f- I think we have free will. I think that God knows all that's going to happen, but I think that there's some level of paradox within that that I don't fully comprehend because the God that I worship doesn't operate in time and space like I do. Like I think. Yeah. I think that's the thing that I find is the most detrimental to the conversation of time and space and Mm -hmm. decisions and pain and suffering is we're having our God play by our rules. And I think God is operating with a different set of rules or tools or whatever you want to say. Um, And so within that, like something really terrible happened and God can work it for good. But did God make it happen? I don't think so. But did God know it was going to happen? Maybe. But like, I just like, I just don't know that 
and this is maybe going with the side of where you disagreed at the beginning. Like, I don't know when it's all said and done that we can all look back with God in retrospect and see the impact is total that it wasn't positive, even if there was something really hard in the micro. Because like I've had like really like I think about, again, like my divorce, yeah. one of a terrible situation. And I think back like, man, I wish I never would have gone through this, mm-hmm. but then I wouldn't have Knox and Joe. Like, had I not done any, I would have never met Annie. Yeah. Like, there are things that wouldn't have happened without those moments. Yes. And I think, like, that's what's hard is there was, like, good moments for sure. There was really painful and sad and hard moments. But I look back now in 2022 and I'm like, I couldn't logically trade any of those pains and sufferings because of what I have now on the other side. Now, did God make those happen? Whatever. I don't know. But... If none of those things would have happened, I never would have ended up in St. Louis with kids meeting my wife. Yeah. And so that's like where I look at some of those things. It's like I see the cumulative effect of good, bad, and ugly and to be in a really wonderful place now. And I love that. And I think that's beautiful. And I don't think everyone always gets the luxury of that hindsight or at least not that quickly. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's one. There are people that their story ends much more traumatically yeah or they never come out the other side right like mm-hmm. and I think that's where it is hard it's like i have a privileged space and sitting in that but also saying like we don't know that person's story as it ends either right and like right. and asking and this is gonna sound more jerky than i hope it than i want it to but like does that person even have eyes to see the good things like there was a season where i didn't have eyes to see anything good that was happening in my story because yeah. i was so pissed and and even to your story, I like wonder with like school, there's a really a lot of hard things happening. But I wonder, because part of the reason I remember the first conversation you had about taking this, like it was going to be a hard situation. Yeah. But it was for what you thought was going to be really good for you and for your soul. Even mm-hmm. if it was hard. And I wonder like in a year or two, whatever, like five, ten, like the the long haul ramifications of sticking with it or just like the... The relationship building. Does that make sense? Like, but see, it's not me. Like, it's not. But then, like, that that goes back to, like, then my students who are the ones actually going through all this are the bodies behind the bus of Emily being Yeah, except inspired. for on the other side of that, though. It's like there are certain ones that, like, had demises that are really painful, right? Yeah. Like, things, like, that aren't a part of the end story. But then you look at everyone that was a part of that story mm. and it wasn't for your end. Like, cause you can only know your story. Yeah, absolutely. But like, how are their story? Like, that's one thing I wonder too in this. And like, who is the student of yours that's at home right now? That's like, man, Miss Zell said something to me, like just blew my mind today mm. in terms of this pain. And it's like shifted their life view. I think those are the moments that are the hardest to see and where God doesn't cause those terrible things to happen but uses you as a beacon of hope and light in the midst of that. And that's the part that I'm like loving, right? Like we had, we had a very honest conversation. There's a lot of fighting as a in class. my school as a class um, where I like brought in the book we're reading. This kid talked about like the fighting rules from where he grew up. And then I was like, what are y'all's fighting rules? And, and I mean, like some of them just wrote like it, like if you piss me off, I'm gonna shoot your ass like on the paper and turned it into me. And we just talked, we talked about that for 90 minutes. I had so much more planned and they just wanted to talk about it. Like, 
they were like, we're challenged, like they were challenging each other. Like they were like, what do you gain from that? Like when you, do you gain that person's respect? Do you gain, like, it was so interesting and intense. And they were like, we don't know how else to be heard. And so like, this is the, this is the way to get respect. And it was this like, all to say this whole thing, it was a very deep and beautiful conversation. And at the end, like one of the students goes, Miss L, I'm not going to lie. I'm for real, really thankful you're in my life right now. And like, that was so sweet, right? Like it was a very intense conversation about their friends who had been shot and killed and like that them who've been shot and like, like all of that, all of them going through that. And Mm -hmm. yet there was still, and yet we found a safe place. We created a safe place to process and encourage each other. And that, that is like, that's the view I'm gaining, I think, of God and of his sure. plan. Because I think you're I think a lot of this does actually have to do with my predestination mindset, the more that we're talking about it. Because it's like that is something that's like I didn't I did not cause any of those things in those kids' lives. But I and not that it like made everything better, but I think in that conversation I created some safety and hope and like potentially even healing in that conversation and that was like creating beauty out of darkness Mm. but i would never be like man that conversation was so dope that i want my kids to go through all that i think that's the difference yeah yeah right and i think yeah i think that's the idea too of like being like this thing had positive outcome but i wouldn't want everyone to have to go through it right yeah also is there some level of like guilt and that like and this is a, a true question i'm yeah. just like popped my mind you're talking but like as someone that believed for a long time you were a part of the predestined elect to see awful things happen to other people does it just feel like you feel guilty because you're part of the group of people where it's like whatever happens to me it doesn't matter because i'm chosen and the answer could be no but like i would like i was thinking of my own level of yeah like if i watch these things happen to the people i'd be like i don't know that i and i because i've never held that belief before mm-hmm. but i was like would i feel guilty like, do you, do you like have any level of that? No, as no, because I don't think of myself as like an elect anymore. Mm. So it's like it's not that. But You've it turned in your your membership card. I know. Still have my rated R for a form <laughs> sticker. But um, <laughs> but uh, it's that like, okay, and this is gonna maybe seem off topic, but it's gonna get us back on track. Sure. I didn't know we were off track. So. Do you? <laughs> That's my favorite. Is what I'm like. Can we go back to what we're talking about? You're like, I thought. I thought what we did I say? Time? Can we get theological for a second? Yeah, yeah that um, one hurt. I'm sorry. They, um, do you think that God ordained Annie to be your wife? No, uh, no. So, whoa, okay. Uh, I, but I do think like maybe God knew that was going to happen. But like I remember I had like a named Steve Sherwood. He was a professor I had in uh, undergrad, and I remember freshman like a, it was a he was a Christian ministries professor and uh, love the guy. Steve, if you're watching, you're the man. Uh, but he, someone asked him about that. Like, do you think God chose? And he's like, no, I like think I just like found my wife and like it worked out and like we choose each other every day. And like, yeah. I, like so I think like I have a, I delineate between God knowing something's going to happen and God forcing it to happen. Like if that makes sense, yeah. like God, God's knowledge of it doesn't mean that God said this had to happen. I do think Annie and I are wonderful, perfect fits for one another. But I do think that that came out of searching and introspection and work. 
But like, I also like maybe God did. I don't know. But like, I don't need God to have said like I put Annie in your your path. But I also know like the number of people in our life that helped point us to each other was pretty wonderful. And so I think God was in the midst of us finding each other when the season was right. Like, had it been two, three years earlier, yeah. two, three years later, we might not have ever met each other. And so the the circumstance and timing was right. But I think that's where a different thing is for me. It's like, I don't need it to have been like, God wrote this in the book of life on March 2nd for us to have met. Yeah. And I'm just like, we just happened to have finally met that day and it worked out. I think that's it. And I didn't even know this, what we were going to talk about. But like, I think what, what feels really dark is I am letting go of the idea that God like, Decided everything that was going to happen. Yeah. That is a lot to let go. Yeah. And especially in 40 minute podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And I did it. It's perfect. <laughs> I'm perfectly done. I'm no more problems. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it is like, I think like, so I will say, I like, I say never. Predestination was a big part of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. I remember like I was a dissenter as like a middle schooler about predestination. And I think there's tons of people that love it. And you pre- were one of those like Arminian kids. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what Arminianism was. Till, Till you met me? I was in seminary. Okay. <laughs> uh, so like two weeks before I met you. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for me, I, I think like I had a problem with it initially. But here's one thing that I at least have some level of self-awareness to ask is that like just because I have a problem with it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Yeah, I get that. Now, I do think there's some problematic natures of predestination. It seems controlling and manipulative. And... And I think we're confusing God's sovereignty and omniscience or like all knowingness and all presenceness to be like saying things are going to happen. But I don't see those things being mutually exclusive. So do you not think that God is all powerful? I do think God's all powerful. He and all knowing. He chooses not to. Do you know I've never seen Bruce Almighty? <sighs> uh, are we going to have live Barger movie night? <laughs> oh, we should do a movie review. Oh, my God. That would probably be great. <laughs> Or should we do like a live? Did watch? you ever watch that show, uh, Dustin? You're in the back. What was the show with the aliens? They're watching movies and they like talk through it. It was like a. It was oh, what was that? The silhouette. Yeah. Um, Whatever something theater. Yeah, I exactly. You've never seen. It's like they used to watch these like old sci-fi movies, and it was like an alien where they're like silhouettes that looked like they were in a theater. That's kind of cute. And they would just like talk through these these movies, like really like sarcastic banter. Mm. So we should do that. Um, I think we should do a live reaction of Bruce Almighty. I think that's a right idea. So I never needed those things to be true, though. So that is just so. So God, you do think God is all powerful. Uh-huh. He just doesn't use his power. I've said this before. Are you going to say Bruce Almighty? But have you seen Bruce Almighty? Oh my God. Have you seen Evan Almighty? Uh, no, like I have I, seen Evan Almighty. Oh, the worst of the two. Um, the my favorite line from Evan Almighty is God. I know you do this because you love me. Would you do me a favor? Love me less. <laughs> Sorry. Feel that. Yeah, that's like the most Deep true thing soul, I've ever heard. I know. <laughs> um, I think there's a weird value statement you're making on God choosing to opt in and not opt okay. in that is based on our it. perception. And so, like I've said this before, like our perception is not the full reality so (laughs) so that's just my perception so um all right emily 
what else do you have for us on this? Oh, I thought we were like deep in this conversation. Yeah. I mean, like what 30 more minutes do you have for us? Like, no, I'm still like in, I'm still in <laughs> Me this. too. Okay. It sound, It seemed like you popped out and. I definitely wasn't. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's like, but, and I get, I get, I know that I don't know. And I don't know God's reasoning for everything. But like. What is that? What in the world is a God who has all the power and doesn't use it? Because again, again, this is how I was taught that we have free will so that God feels chosen. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, I just don't. That is so egotistical. It is egotistical. I do think like I've used this analogy before, like I'm all powerful in control of my children but i don't always intervene in their lives and some of that is so like when my daughter skins her don't take all the theology out of this but when my daughter skins her knee she knows what it feels like to skin her knee yeah when my kids hit each other they know what it's like to not just have been hit or hit but to like restore that relationship there are times as a parent i've had to like like withdrawal from my ability to dominate the situation for the greater good. Now I don't know that God is doing that, but I have to imagine there's some level of perspective that the creator of the universe has that I don't have mm-hmm. to say like intervening is important. Right. There's a, there's a, I don't watch a lot of DC movies uh, like yeah. the Batman. I, I think they're really More of a Marvel gal. Yeah. I think DC is, markedly one like just below par but uh there's a lex luther line in the i think it's batman versus superman he's like either god is all powerful but chooses to do nothing or god is uh not all powerful and just like all knowing and like just chooses to observe or whatever and i think like those don't have to be the only options it can't just be like god knows but chooses not to do anything or god's powerful and chooses to like dominate or not dominate. I think like there has to be some level of nuance in the discussion. And like, we're looking at it in terms, sometimes I think we think God is a superhero and it's like that we have, that's the content we're consuming. And we view God as Thor or a captain America or Batman or Superman. It's like God is like, has way more to that to quote Shrek. He's like an onion. Lots of layers. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I have a heart, like, A, a lot of things you ask aren't even on my radar of things that I care about to ask. <laughs> but, like, it just doesn't, like, it doesn't cross my mind. But I wonder, is it because, I don't think it's become a better Christian or because I trust more. It's just, maybe it's what we're interacting with caused me to engage with it in a different way. No, it's very interesting. I didn't even know this was my issue. But it's like, there's a Charles Sorgen quote that's like, I've learned to kiss the wave that crashes me against the rock of ages. And I remember hearing that and I was like, and that is so adorable. Like, I learned to love the storm that makes me like, you know, run to God. But it, and that's great. Okay. Like, whatever. If I have something bad happen to me and that makes me lean on God, whoop-de-doo. But it's like, people are dying. 
Yeah, but I think, see, I think that's a terrible quote because it's like, I don't think God commands of us to love getting beaten down by the wave or by life. But there is a level of saying, like, how do I see God once I've recovered? Yeah. Like, I even think, and this could be bad. I'll have to go back and read the story. But, like, it's not like Job was, like, just high-fiving God for the people in his life that were being just stricken from him in the pain and everything was happening in his life. But on the other side, Job was a faithful person because he stuck with God. But it wasn't like Job was, like, kissing the wave as everyone yeah. got destroyed. Uh-huh. And I heard a pastor say one time, like, you should never preach on Job until you've been through some shit. And I think I like that. And I think that's part of it, too. It's like he said it a little differently than that. Uh-huh. Uh, but I do think there's like until you've seen it like you. I, and that's one of the reasons I try to shy away from this sometimes yes. is like I have my level of trauma, but I've not been in what you've been in. And so it's like I can speak to how I think God is sovereign and through in what I'm going through. But oftentimes I feel like we try to speak into how God is doing that for other people. Yes. And that's where it can yes. become really problematic. And like, but also, let's talk about Job. This is a, I'm so glad you brought this up. Oh, I wish I never would have brought this up. <laughs> like, this is how, oh, sorry. That was a side conversation, side thought. Um, Job, Okay. To me, how I was taught about Job is that Satan talked to God and was like, bruh, I bet no one really likes you that much. And God's like, actually, definitely Job does. You can do whatever you want to him and he'll still love me. Yeah. Okay. What the heck? Again, this feels, it's hard for me to read that and not see a God who's just like, let's see, buddy. You know, (laughs) like, what is that there? What is the purpose of that other than to stick it to Satan? Yeah. Job lost his family and everything he owned. That's exactly right. And his friends left him. Right. Now. Sorry, I'm getting really upset. No, I'm with you. I think I was trying to decide if I was going to say something snarky or not. But what are you going to say? I can't remember. But okay. so here, to my understanding, I could be wrong. So let me know. And either of you two, you guys are Bible student of the year. And behind the camera, we got uh, a pastor of many, many decades. Yeah. Uh, I'm a woman, so <laughs> Bible student. That's it. Um, I think Job is not written as historical literature. Like it's not a, a, a case study of a person, but it's like in the wisdom literature. It, yes, right. That is true. And so like, I think that's one thing that, I presume evangelicals have been told is they read that as a case study of God's interaction with people and suffering and what might happen to us. And it's like, what is the truth that's being written into a wisdom piece of literature, which is like, because you have to think about the person writing this and this comes to my framework, right? Like I don't believe that the Bible is the 1000% word for word. Like God said, write it this way. So this Uh is people wrestling with how do we tell the story of a God that is with us in a time of great famine, great need, great death, great division. And when we feel like terrible things are happening to us, they're reconciling that. And so like, and then we read it now in 2022 and we're like, well, we have a God that's like bartering with the devil to like torture us. But I don't know. That's how they believed it or understood it. They were just like a lot's happening. And how do we reconcile God being with us? And we read it like there's a lot happening. So how is God against us? But let's say we take it as wisdom literature. God God says to Job, basically, 
did you make the world? Then you don't understand what I'm doing. Well, A, I would agree with that. But B, I would also say it's wisdom. So it's not a real conversation. It's a it's a poetic conversation <laughs> yeah, okay, between okay, okay, that's fair. God and the person. <laughs> but I would also say that like I don't I didn't create the world. So like I, that's one of the things I think none of us progressive or conservative always are that willing to relinquish. It's like I don't know the inner workings, the justice, the willingness, the desires of God at the depth of my being. Yeah. But we're also made in the image of God. That's true. I don't think I'm crazy for thinking suffering is bad. No, I don't think. You know but what, what I'm is, saying? So the question then, and the, I love it. This is why I love these conversations. So then what does that suffering compel you to do? Like, I think that's the faith conversation. It's yeah. like, what are you then compelled to do because of your faith in Jesus? Because of you thinking that's wrong and sinful? Like, then how does that compel you to like be the light of Christ in the world? Like, that's where I see the challenge of those stories. Yes, I do too. I do too. And that's why I'm at this school. And like, that's why it's important mm-hmm. to me. It's just hard. It's just really hard. It's hard for me to interact with God when I'm interacting with so much pain. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Snail. <laughs> you got me so good. <laughs> I think that you're you're asking a question though that is probably at the core of a lot of our people's yeah stuff. Like I don't know if you you follow. I mean, I think you're on our TikTok from time to time. I am. I haven't been and posting lately. Sorry. You what? I haven't been posting oh, lately. Yeah. But the the comments on a post, I think it was of you saying something from one of our last episodes, but. Oh, it was about what what your pastor said. Yeah. Um, kind of the indoctrination type mm-hmm. thing. And like the number of people that are wrestling with their own pain and then how to find hope in that pain. Yeah. And so I think even though you're talking about your your teaching experience and you're talking about what's going on there, like what at the core of it I hear is happening is a wrestling with pain and trauma. Absolutely. And I think that's what everyone's trying to figure out how to wrestle with is that we're in a time of everyone has some level of that. Yeah. Um. And I remember when I was in undergrad, we read a story about a guy who lost his wife in a car accident, wife and kids. And he like got up and preached about it the next day. And I still think about that all the time. Like if that ever happened to me, what would I do? Like what's the right way? Yeah. Like do I have to lead and be up front and actually have it all together? Do I get up and do I ball? Do I take six months off? Yeah. And I think I don't know the answer to that question because it never happened to me. Mm -hmm. But that's a question on all of our individual levels we're asking is like, how do I handle whatever I feel to be? the most traumatic trauma that I could experience or even the most minute. Cause we're just like, we're, absolutely. We're walking through it every day. And like, and this is another quote that was like, when you cannot trace God's hand, you can always trust his heart. And it's like, they were like, even if you don't get why God's doing something like, you know, God's heart is good. Yeah. And I like that, but that is, it gets really hard to trust God's heart when you really don't see his hand. Yeah, I think it's true. I think we're also, we come from, like, I probably come, and this isn't like a good or bad, like, I think I probably come with a higher level of inherent trust than you come in. Like Of I, God? Yeah, like, I think, That's I'm like, if I don't see the hand, I still would trust, right? Like, to some degree, but I think you're in a place of much more faith deconstruction than I am. Like, yeah. I'm, like I'm deconstructing my thoughts on the church. 
you're deconstructing your thoughts on what you've been told about God. Truly. And the church. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, like this is an interesting conversation. And I love these ones because I feel like we're coming at it from such different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like, I thought you were saying our church backgrounds. I'm like, no, I thought, I think I was like very much like, I very much trusted God for a really long time. Yeah. But it's hard to see this amount of pain when you're kind of in a very like, uh, like a unsettled faith. And it's like, I'm trying to figure out what I believe about God. And during all this, I'm trying to trust his heart. But what do I believe about his heart anymore? And how is what I'm seeing affecting what Mm. I believe about his heart? Like, it's very hard. You want, I wish, I don't know. It would be it would be easier if I was walking into this knowing so well what I believe. Sure, yeah, and it's that comforting. Is, yeah, so much easier. Hmm. And that's just not what's happening. So for people listening, like we know they're not coming in with. I mean, some are. Some are. Here's what I know: what I believe. Some are very uncertain, fearful, mm-hmm. scared. Like, yeah, it's freaking scary. I would ask what your encouragement is, and in, in that, yeah, I would say for me, like mine would be. I think wholeheartedly engage in it and like trust mm. that um, trust that God will meet you there. But I think, again, we've talked about this before. Like one of the things I hope that we can model here in this is yeah. like find someone that you can have a real conversation with about it and not like have to be wrong or right about it, uh-huh. but to share like, this is what's hurting me and this is what's painful. This is where I don't see God this is where I maybe do see God. And just be honest and authentic because I don't think we have enough of those spaces. Yes. Unfortunately, I think the church hasn't been that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes our friends aren't. Like, that's the hard thing is like, I I have Christian friends I still think about. Like, I want to share certain depths of my soul with them. Like, can I share with that person? Yeah. And I think that's hard. And it, it, probably an introspective. I believe how good of friends are we, I guess, if I can't share mm-hmm. that. Um, but I would say find those people that are safe that you can share that with. So what would your encouragement be? I mean, yeah, find those people that are safe and, I mean, be, like, be brave and say it because yeah. otherwise you feel like you're crazy and you're the only one thinking this. And you need people to validate you and say, wow, that sounds wild and you're not alone and it's part of your journey and it's okay and God loves you. God loves you. That should be, if embrace the journey wasn't our catchphrase, mm. God loves you should be our catchphrase, so um well to hold us accountable i'm going to say this on air right now so this goes into our episode okay before we log off we have a pretty cool episode coming up yes in the weeks to come i'm excited uh we're gonna get some pretty unique a little different than we normally Mm -hmm. do uh and so we hope you'll stick around with us because we're gonna be excited to do it and so stick around but i appreciate everyone engaging with us yeah like i think it's a vulnerable place even to listen like I yes. listen to stuff and like, I think I said this on our last episode, maybe this one, like certain things are, are unearthed even as I listen. And I think that's probably true for those mm-hmm. listening. So I appreciate you sharing. Yeah. Um, and just those listening and joining us. This has been a fun community to build and truly happy to keep it going. Yeah. And know that even as you embrace the journey, God loves you. Good.